to the Word of God. Well, I wish you could find out today how multitudes could just surround us to hear the Word of God. But we stood by the sea, by the lake of Gennesaret. So the Gennesaret was also called the Sea of Galilee. And he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. After each period when a fisherman went out, he would always wash his nets. He would wash his nets and he would stretch his nets out to get the nets prepared for the next catch, right? So Jesus, he was gone and he saw these fishermen washing their nets in verse 3. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's. Can you imagine how Simon felt? All the boats out there in the sea and Jesus chose to get in his boat. He probably said, look at me, guys. Hey, my boat. And asked him to put, a, to put out a boat from the land, and he sat down and touched a multitude from the boat. So this is a usual position of teaching when you just sit down, right? You know, the boat provided an ideal arrangement to remove the the press of the people from the crowd, the boat really acted as Jesus' pulpit right there. And when he, verse 4, and when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, watch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Hmm. That made no sense to Simon at all. Simon had fished that lake a million times. Look what Simon says. But Simon asked and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night. Well, Jesus knew that. You never got to tell Jesus what you've been doing or how you're going to do or what you've been through. He knew he had been there all night. You know, Jesus started telling Simon, hey, tell me something I don't know. I, I know you've been here all night. I know that. But he said, Simon, listen to me. Let down into the deep, let down your net for a catch. Lord, we call all night and call nothing, but at your word, I will let down the net. Just because he said it. Now, Simon didn't understand that. But in verse 6, it said, when you had done this, had done what? When you had obeyed, he said, look. He didn't see that miracle until he was obedient. Now, many times in your own life, you won't see that miracle until you do what God tells you to do. Whether you understand it or whether you don't, it's not the issue. He said, when they had done this, they caught a great multitude of fish, and their nets were breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled the boats so that they began to sink. Had not, them, had not these men called to assist, the nets, the nets would have broken, and all the fish would have been lost. So the nets were so full of fish, they had to call, hey, come help us. Otherwise, the nets going to break, and all the fish is going to be there. Verse 8, when Simon saw it, he fell down 
Epic, Exusus, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish which had been taken. They recognized that no one but the Creator could have commanded those fish to get into that net. And so all were, verse 10, James and John, the son of Zebedee, and who were partners with Simon, and Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid, from now on you will catch men. Catch men. They shall be your minister of the gospel from now on. And, and their business from now on will not be catching fish, but their business now is going to be winning people to Christ, telling people the truth, and telling people the gospel. That's our job too, you know. You know, if it's going to be done, if the gospel is going to be preached, it's got to be preached to us, right? Verse 11, so when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook sun. Is that what your Bible says? No. When they brought their boats, they forsook all, the Bible says, and followed him. Nothing else was important to them anymore. When you come to Christ, it seems like the things in your life that used to be important, it's no longer important anymore. Uh, your old son goes there, turn your eyes upon Jesus and look full in his wonderful face, and the things on earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Hmm. God expects this from every person, and especially those who have been born again, to reach out and touch. We were supposed to be fishes of men. All that Jesus asks is that we, he might not ask you to leave everything, but you must be willing to leave it if he asks you to. Friends and money or whatever it is, whatever he requires you. Hmm. You can consider the fact that the fishermen have the qualities that make for success in serving the Lord. The fishermen have the qualities that make success for serving the Lord. It takes courage and it takes patience to be a fisherman and determination to work on the sea. And it also takes a great deal of faith. A fisherman must be willing to work together. They use their nets, not hooks. They use their Nets to help each other. They must, they must develop the skills necessary to get the job done, and they've got to develop the skills necessary to get the job done efficiently. If I had been there all night and caught nothing, I probably would have sold my gear. I gave it away, which I did do. But they were watching them and getting ready to go out again for the next test. A fisherman, if you know a few fishermen, he won't quit. I know, I know a few of them, but they will sit there all day without even getting a bite. And they got these sunflower seeds, man, and they got a two-liter pop, Coca-Cola, and they spitting seeds and drinking pop, man. They just as patient. And they was, and I've asked them many times, how long have you guys been here? They said, I've been here since 5 o'clock this morning. 
they said before the song came, but I've been out here. I said, well, have you caught anything? They said, nope, not even a bite. They're not even worried about it. They said, well, if I don't catch one today, guess what? I'll be back tomorrow. They will not quit. How patient are you when God doesn't answer your prayer right away? Are you patient? Do you think that he doesn't hear you? What do you think? Peter was a captive audience, and he sat in the ship listening to the word of God. So then faith, what? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Peter would have to exercise some faith here pretty soon, and Jesus is preparing him. First he said, test out your, throw it out there for a catch. Launch out into the deep. If Peter had not obeyed as insignificant as it seemed to him, if he had not obeyed, it didn't make any sense to him, but if he had not obeyed, he wouldn't have seen the miracle. I don't know what God is telling you, but if, unless you obey what he's telling you to do, you won't see the miracle. Many times God leaves it with desires in your heart. You know, desire comes in your heart, and you think it's you, and many times it's the Holy Spirit. How do you know? How do you know this? when the desire comes in your heart, how do you know if it's the world, or if it's the flesh, or if it's the devil? How do you know? Well, who is it glorifying? If it's glorifying you, it's not of God. If it's glorifying the flesh, it's not of God. If it's glorifying Satan, it's not of God. But if it's glorifying God, you can stop and pay attention. Well, maybe you might take a step of faith to see. Peter must have been surprised when Jesus took command over the crew, over the ship. After all, Jesus was a carpenter by trade, Mark 16. And what do a carpenter know about fishing? About fishing? What? Peter probably said, wait a minute, I fished this thing all my life. You're a carpenter, I'm a fisherman. You're going to tell me to throw a thing on the other side of the boat. But after he obeyed, he saw the miracle. Hmm. It was well known. It was well known back in those days the fact that the Sea of Galilee, you caught the fish at night. You caught fish at night in shallow water, not in the daytime in deep water. This was blew Peter's mind. Peter said, "This is the worst time that the fish could bite in the daytime in deep water." No, back in those days, you had to catch the fish at night in shallow water. He was going contrary to all of his fishing experience. He was going contrary to everything he was ever taught. But Peter obeyed. The key was his faith in the word of God. Nevertheless, he said, your word. I don't expect to catch anything. I don't think anything is going to happen. I don't even believe anything. Is, but at your word, just because you said it, I will do it. Peter was willing to submit to the authority of Jesus Christ even though he did not understand all that the Lord was doing. If you're willing to understand all that the Lord is doing, you'll never step out. Ever. Some people say, well, when the kids get out of college and when the kids get gone, I'm going to wait for the perfect situation. That will never happen. It's never a perfect time. If you are waiting to understand everything before you step out, 
you will never step out. God only gives you the first step. He don't like that. We want the whole picture. I want it for the next 25, 30 years. I don't want to walk by faith. Do you? Because I walk by faith, I got to trust him, and I want to be in control, not him. He said, you're walking by faith and not by sight. Well, Peter was a, a fisherman knew how hopeless it was. He, Peter said, this is hopeless. Peter thought how hopeless this is to let down his neck at a time like this. He was, as he said, but that's the word, he was accepted because he believed that Jesus' word was true. Hmm. It's no shortcut in life. It's no easy way in life. I wish it was. It's, this life is not easy, folks. You think because you're a Christian, you think that everybody just going to bow down and say, oh, praise God, but I'm glad you... No. We're becoming the... Uh, it, uh, people are becoming very hostile all over the world against Christians because we stand against what they believe in. And we, we speak up many times they don't like us. There's no shortcut. You're going to have to step out to find out. It's no, it's no way around it. The only way we will ever fulfill our destinies and succeed at being our true selves is to take many, many steps of faith. Stepping out into the unknown uh, and launching out into the deep waters, as we read about it in Luke 5, 4, can be frightening. Because of feelings, because of fear, many people never step out. Therefore, they never find out what they are really capable of. Each of us needs to obey God when he wants us to step out into something new and challenging. We are living in a, in a dispensation of grace, and many doors and opportunities are open for the gospel of Jesus Christ to be preached. And we should step out into every door that comes open. Make a decision that you will not miss any opportunity that God gives you. Do what God asks you to do, even if you are afraid. If you feel fear, if you feel fear then step out anyway if you feel God is calling you to do something. Many people miss God's will from their lives because they play it safe. They play it safe their entire life. They play it safe. They're afraid to take a chance. They're afraid to take a step. So they play, they play it safe, and they're afraid to get out of their comfort zone. So they do the same thing over and over and over and over the rest of their life. Peter had to get out of his comfort zone. Nothing... <laughs> I don't want to come to the end of my life and say, I was safe, but I'm so sorry. I'm sorry I was that safe. I wish I had stepped out. Boy, nothing feels better than knowing that you are in the will of God, and nothing feels worse than knowing that you are not. I'm not suggesting that we start doing foolish things, doing crazy things, but knowing Many times when God tells you to do something, it makes no sense at all to the natural mind. 
it doesn't make sense to you. And if you tell somebody else, they really don't think that you're off your rocker. That's why Mary pondered those things into her heart, and she didn't tell anybody. Because many times, you don't even understand what God is doing, but he asks you to do something, and you don't understand what you do, and you tell somebody else, they say, oh, man, that wasn't God. Hmm. So we don't want to just do something foolish, and that's God's crazy things. But many times when God tells you to do something, it doesn't make any sense, just like Peter. It didn't make any sense to Peter at all. So you and I must learn to be led by discernment and by the Spirit of God, and not by our own carnal minds, uh, doing other things that people suggest that you do. But you've got to launch out into the deep if you want to get that test. You've got to get out of that comfort zone if you want to make that test and find God's will. You've got to get out of that comfort zone. Then Peter was, you know, though Peter was an experienced fisherman and knew the conditions were not right, that's what stumbled. That what stumbled Peter. Peter knew the conditions was not right to catch fish. It was the worst time of the day to catch fish. But he obeyed Christ's command and was blessed. He didn't think he would catch anything, but he obeyed anyway. Depart from me, he said. He knew this was a miracle from God that he had never seen in his entire life. He had never seen that many fish in his entire life. That the next beginning to break. Peter knew this was, Peter knew he was in the presence of God. This was a miracle from God. Peter knew he was a sinner and saw his own sinfulness. Peter was convinced that the God of fish was a miraculous one. And that God himself had done this miracle. Peter recognized Christ's deity in his own sinfulness. Christ had the same power over the fish as he had over the frogs. <laughs> Christ had the same power over the fish as he had over the frogs, the lice, and the locusts in Egypt. Wow. He commanded these fish to get into the net, and the fish obeyed. Peter said, they have to search all to follow Christ. What if God tells you to go home today and sell your car and your house, man, and move and move to a career? <laughs> hey, I got a church over that, man. I want you to go preach it. I want you to go home and sell your car and your house, and I want you to go to Russia. The Bible said Peter left all and he followed Christ. Peter said, Verse 27, Peter answered and said to him, Since we have left all, you know, and, and we follow you, to follow Christ. You know, he said in Matthew 19, 27 and 28, Peter said this. Peter said, We have left all to follow you. What are we going to get? Peter told Christ that. God said, What are we going to have? Peter told him, Matthew chapter 19, verse 27 and 28. Peter asked him one time, said to him, we have left all, now he didn't have much to eat. He thought he had a few, he fish in a few boats, he didn't have much. You know, I hear Christians say, we have left all, you didn't have, all you left was hell. Peter said, we left all to follow you, what are we going to have? Jesus said to them, and still I said to you that in the 
in the, in the generation, in the generation when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, who have followed me will also sit on the twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left his houses, or his brothers, or his sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or land for my sake, shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. He is not going to be in your debt, and he's not going to be in my debt. Hmm. So think about that. God is, is a rewarder for obedience. So Peter was obedient, God blessed. The Bible says it's better to obey than to sacrifice. Right? Luke 12, Luke chapter 5, verses 12 through 16. Jesus here comes to the letter. We won't finish the whole chapter because it's too much, but it's, it's, um, this is a good story. Luke 5, 12 through 16. The healing of the man with leprosy is, is described in all three of these synoptic gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke mentions all, this guy is mentioned in all three. But the setting is different. And it happened when he was in a certain city, the man, and behold, a man who was full of, and uh, he was covered with leprosy saw Jesus, and he fell on his face. As soon as the leper sees Jesus, what does he do? He falls on his face. A position of reverence. And he implored him or begged him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then he put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Hmm. Jesus had a compassionate heart. He reached out and touched the people that no one else would touch. He touched his method. He said, immediately, you see this word immediately throughout the book of Luke. I mean, instantaneously, the leprosy left him. Jesus, Jesus didn't have to touch him. He could have just healed him by the word, but Jesus wanted to show this leper compassion, so he touched him. In verse 14, and he charged him to tell no one. But go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, a testimony to them, to the people. As Moses commanded. Hmm. Here's a man that had leprosy, an incurable disease. He gets healed, and Jesus said, don't tell anybody. Now, now that would be hard to do, right? I mean, you got an incurable disease, and you are outcast. No one wants to be around you. Jesus come in and heals you, and, and, and he said, okay, now be quiet about it. However, verse 15, the reports went around concerning him all the more, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed, talking about Jesus. Man, you know me, you know Jesus got away from the crowd and he prayed. If Jesus had to pray, then what about us? Strength comes from God. And we can only be strengthened 
you can only be strengthened by spending time with him. Jesus needed time to, uh, needed time of solitude and prayer. How much more do his followers? Don't we? You don't have to wait. Don't wait until Sunday. Okay? Don't wait until something bad happens. Many times, prayer is a last resort. People say, well, I've tried everything else. I guess I might as well pray. Jesus said, come first. This was the most dreadful disease that anybody could have, this leprosy. There was no cure for it. It was very contagious. Jesus touched him, defiled himself, yet he touched he touched the man and he brought healing. Although it was very contagious, it, it never affected Jesus. Jesus touched the man and healed him. And he said immediately his leprosy was cleansed. What an astonishing sight, a person that had leprosy and immediately is healed. A man whose whole body was covered with loosened disease, cleansed in a moment's time when Jesus touched him immediately from sickness to health. Here's a man who needed to be cleansed that he was a leper. In spite of modern medicine advances, an estimated 10 to 15 million people in the world today still have leprosy. And one form of leprosy attacks the nerves so that the victims cannot feel pain. Infections set in, and this leads to degeneration of the tissues. The limbs begin to fall off. The nose and hands begin to fall off. The dread of this infection forced the victim to live apart from other people. It can be around from other it can be around other people. He because he was defiled, he was a leper. No one wanted to be around him. And when he got around the crowd, and when he came near a crowd, he had to scream to the top of his voice, unclean, unclean, come into it. Come into it. The leper did not question his ability to heal. This leper, you watch this guy. He didn't, he didn't question Jesus' ability to heal. He only said, he only wondered if he was willing to heal him. He didn't even demand healing. He came to Jesus and said, if you are willing, you can make me, he can make me, uh, me whole. He knew he could do it, but the leper said, are you willing to do it? But Jesus honored the leper's, the leper's humble request. If we ever recognize that Jesus had the power and authority. It was a task. It was the task of the Jewish priests to examine people to determine whether they were leprous. Leviticus 13. Infected people were isolated and could not return to, to society until cleansed. Leprosy was used by Isaiah as a picture of sin, Isaiah chapter 1. Like, like sin, leprosy is deeper than the skin and, cannot, and it cannot be helped by mere surface measures. Like sin, leprosy spreads and it spreads and it defiles because of his defilement. A leper person had to be isolated outside the camp. And lost sinners today 
they are isolated outside the camp. People with leprosy were looked on as dead people. And the garments, the garments that they wore was fit nothing but to burn in the fire. How important it is, God sinners who trust in Christ, they have leprosy because leprosy is a symbol of sin. And we should be pointing those people to Christ. This man not only needed to be changed, he not only needed to be, be, be changed, but he wanted to be changed. And I've told people this in counseling. I've told them a hundred times. I said, listen, this person, he needed to be changed and he wanted to be changed. And I've told many people over many years, I said, you know what, because you're a drunk, an alcoholic, a adulterer, you, you don't change because you don't want to change. I've talked to many alcoholics over the years, and they said, well, my dad was an alcoholic, and his dad was an alcoholic. So I'm an alcoholic. I said, well, you have a test. You don't have to become an alcoholic because your dad was. I said, the, the, the reason why you don't change is because you choose not to change. I've talked to drug addicts who got off of drugs because they chose to get out. They stop making excuses. If a person wants to change, he will change. So he was left, he wanted to, he required, he had to keep his distance. He knew he broke the law as he approached Jesus. Throughout his gospel, Luke makes it clear that Jesus was the friend of the outcast. Jesus hung around people that no one else, and he was criticized for it. Don't tell me Jesus didn't have it rough, because he had it rough with the religious leaders. Jesus came to help people, but this man humbled himself, and he asked for mercy, and he got mercy. By the grace and the power of God, this man was changed. In fact, Jesus even touched this man. This man hadn't been touched in years. Jesus just told the man, hey, see the priest. Go by the rules. Leviticus 14, so you had to go show yourself to the priest and offer a gift. Moses directed to offer a leopard. He had to go. The priest had to declare, declare him whole. The leopard had to go present offerings to the priest. Two birds alive, clean. Two birds clean. Uh, see the wood, scarlet, bishop. They had to bring an offering to the priest. Jesus commanded this man not to tell others, but to go to the priest and have them declare him clean so he could be restored back into society. Jesus instructed this man not to reveal who had healed him. But this leper was so enthusiastic, he became an evangelist. He couldn't keep his mind shut, and he went out and he told everybody. And many people came to Christ because of that leper. Jesus tell us to tell everybody. He tell nobody. This leper couldn't keep quiet. This leper became a witness of Christ because Christ had touched him. But Jesus was not, Jesus was not impressed by the crowd. There was a lot of people following Jesus all the time. Jesus was not impressed by the crowd. So he knew that most of the people wanted only his healing power 
They want only his healing power, but they didn't want his salvation. He often left the cause and he skipped away in a quiet place and he prayed to seek the Father's help. This is a good example for us to follow. He told them after the gold and told the people what Christ has done to you. This leper went out and told everybody. And many people came to Christ, just like that woman at the well. Many people became Christians because of her testimony. Now, you got a testimony now. I, I have a lot of problems. People tell me they don't have a testimony. Because if you are born and even believer, you got a testimony. And your testimony is very powerful. This leper had a testimony. This leper would have been told people what Christ had done for him. You got a testimony, and, you, and your testimony is very powerful because a lot of people don't believe in the Bible. They don't believe in the Bible. So, this devil goes out and he touched people, and he told people what Christ had done to him. The, high, the priest declared him clean. He was restored back into society, and he was used mightily by God. It's a beautiful story. He didn't forget what Christ done for him. He had no hope. How many people in the world out there got leprosy, sin, and they need a way out? This leper, Jesus said, don't tell them about it. But this leper said, man, I'm going to go tell everybody what Christ has done for me. And one out of one, many people to Christ. You go out and tell people what Christ has done for you. Oh, yeah. The Bible never told them to come to us. The Bible told us to go to them. That's what he told us. So here we are at a time like this, and with the world going crazy, I'm a true witness that I have never seen the harvest so light in my entire Christian life. I've been a Christian almost 40 years, and I have never seen the harvest as light as it is right now. I ain't never seen it. So I, I, I get out there, man. <laughs> I am not a house person, because you guys are nuts to stay in the house all day. Now, I'm not criticizing you, that's your thing. But I think I got something that people need to hear. Just like they can keep that leper quiet, they should be able to keep you or me quiet. And they said, it, it is controlled of the media, of the government, to try to silence the church. They shut us down and they shut us up. We cannot be silent. God has placed you around people. He wants you to tell people. Go and tell. That has not changed. The Great Commission has not changed. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That will never change. And Jesus, if, it, if we don't do it, Jesus don't have a plan B. That's it. Uh, the apostles gone, dead in heaven. We are here, lying. But if I hide my light, if I hide my light, if I, may, if I don't want to be around a sinner, I have to follow the example of Christ. You don't want to be a leper of all people that no one wanted to be around. But he did. So, what do we do with this? Here we are. The world's going to hell in the handbasket. Where is the revival? 
I don't know about you, and this is the biggest blow to the king, to the kingdom of darkness. It's the biggest blow to Satan's kingdom is to snatch as many people out of the sky as possible. He don't care how mad you get at him. Satan don't care how mad you get. That ain't going to save sinners. Preaching the gospel will. So, here we are. Go and preach. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for your many blessings. We pray, God, that you will use each one of us for your glory. Lord, we just pray that you will just encourage our hearts today. If there's anyone who has not received you as a personal Savior, that they would invite you to come into their heart today. Use us, we pray. Strengthen the ones that are weak, people that are going through trial, people that are going through hardship, encourage their hearts. And use us all these last days for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand. God bless you guys. Stay in God's word. Stay close to Christ. And we will see you next Sunday. God bless.